Welcome to another life-giving message from Ars Hill Fellowship Church. Through rich biblical insight filled with humor and creativity, we seek to make the gospel alive for your life today. For more information, please visit MarsHillFellowship.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Real life, real faith, real people. As we are um, in the word of God this morning, um, we are closing this week on a series entitled Unsung Heroes. And uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've been going through uh, the scriptures and we've been sharing from the scriptures what we would call unsung biblical heroes. And oftentimes, uh, uh, as you read through the word of God, you may focus on some of the key people that we know, you know, throughout the scriptures. And uh, the focus of this series was to talk about sometimes some of the not so prominent um, uh, people in the scriptures and how we can learn from their life and to take their example and use it and apply it in our lives. And so um, uh, each week we've been having uh, also some of our members share um, their own unsung hero and um, um, uh, it's been a blessing just to hear from the congregation as you guys have helped me to preach uh, this series. And so um, this morning as we uh, wrap up our series, I thought it'd be fitting on Mother's Day that we would um, share an unsung hero uh, from the scriptures who was a mother and to see also the example that um, she provides to us. And so uh, this morning, our unsung hero is Sarah, who was formerly known as Sarai, and God changed her name. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 21, starting at verse number one. If you're in need of a Bible, just raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring one to you. Or if you have an electronic device, uh, you can also you, go to Uversion or BibleGateway.com, or else uh, we also have it displayed up on the screen for, t- for you as well. Genesis chapter number 21, starting at verse number one, and it reads, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at this happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was hundred years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared in verse six, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby, yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, Lord, that as we have gathered together this morning, we thank you for the worship, O oh God, that we have been able to sing together and to proclaim your name. Father, we pray that even as we turn our attention now to the word of God, we pray that our eyes would be open to be able to see, Lord, your wonderful truths. And Lord, that as we hear the word of God proclaimed this morning, that it might impact and touch our lives 
lives in a meaningful way that as we walk throughout this week, Lord, we be able to apply all that you have called for us to do. Father, we pray that that which we do not know, would you teach us? That which we do not have, would you give us? That which we are not, would you make us? In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Oftentimes, when we think of mothers, we think of examples and those who go before us, who help us, who shepherd the way, who care for us, who know just the right words to say. Uh, it's interesting as my uh, children, I've been trying to give Pastor Ophelia a break over the weekend on Mother's Day weekend, and no matter what, I will be standing right next to them. They'll run all the way upstairs and they'll go say, Mommy, and, I, and I'll yell at them and say, Why are you going and buying? and mommy and they're like well I gotta tell mommy something and I was like aren't I standing right here he's like yeah but you don't do like mommy does and and so they, they understand there's something about a mother's love there's the nurturing there's the caring there is the fact that the, as as they have uh, um, uh, um, held these children and, and given birth to these children and help raise them up and in that what we see is that Mothers, although they are superhuman almost, uh, they have humanity. And, and any mother will tell you there are times where you may have snuck away into the bathroom, locked the door to just get some privacy for a moment from the kids or, or mothers who just go and run errands in order to say, let me get away for a little bit. And so you've never been so excited to go grocery shopping so you can just be by yourself or, or do various things. But one of the things that I appreciate about the scriptures is that the scriptures are not this perfect picture of people and unsung heroes. The scriptures tell us and show us all of the, what I like to call sometimes rough edges of, of all of us. And it helps us to recognize that as we look to the role models that are in front of us, we recognize they're not perfect, but they're striving to love God. And we can look at their example and follow after their example and look after the way and the, uh, the principles that they have set out for us. When we think about role model and example, oftentimes one of the things when we talk about faith, the first thing that we say is that Abraham was the father of faith. And so oftentimes when we're looking at the scriptures and we're looking at Genesis, we know about Joseph, we know about Abraham, and we know about the faith that Abraham had, and we know the fact that Abraham, uh, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And, and, and we know that in his old age, he had a son. But oftentimes, we kind of leave out Sarah out of the picture as if Sarah was not the one who birthed the baby. And she's our unsung hero today because what we recognize is that Sarah had all of the aspects of humanity, meaning that Sarah experienced the ups and downs of life. Come on, how many of you know there are ups and downs of life. Amen? Amen. And in the midst of those things, we learn that in the process of trusting God, God builds up our faith so that we can live out the life that we have been called to live. What is interesting as we juxtapose the beginning of Genesis where Sarah uh, hears this call that the Lord is placing upon uh, her life and also Abram's life, we see the ending or the, the recap of her life and we'll read it later this morning in Hebrews where it says it was by faith 
that Sarah bore a child in her old age. I, I, a spoiler alert, I know some of us don't like to hear the end of the story, but here's what the end of the story. Sarah was 90 years old when she gave birth to her first son. Now, I recognize that, you know, I was, what, 20? I was in my mid-20s when I gave birth to my, my uh, first son. Well, I didn't give birth, but when I had my first son. And, you know, as, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, man, the body gets tired, and, and I can't run like I used to, and I can't do the other things that I, I used to do. Can you imagine being 90 years old? And trying to chase a little boy around, trying to nurse a little boy. This was an amazing feat, but it was not a feat that Sarah could do in her own strength. It was a feat that the Lord allowed her to do. So how do we begin to see the start of Sarah's life? Well, we know that Sarah, before she was Sarah, was Sarai. And Sarai, as she was married to Abram, had an assignment that God had given to her. If we turn and Genesis chapter number 16 and verse number one, it starts off with describing the condition that was going on with Sarai. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. If you read early on in Genesis, you know angel of the Lord appears to Abram and tells Abram, listen, you're going to have descendants as far as the sand is for the sea. And so there's this great promise that comes to Abram, but Abram says, how can that happen? How can that be possible when my wife is barren? When you see Sarai, what she was known for was her barrenness. And you can tell that that was something that she carried with her throughout all of life's activities. I mean, that was one of the joys that a mother would have, the ability to give birth. And Sarai was here and she could not give birth, uh, give uh, uh, children to her husband, Abram. And so at some point, she just figured, well, maybe God said this. But maybe God's going to do it a different way. You ever, God ever take time in, in fulfilling his promise and you felt, well, maybe there's something else that I, I've got to do or I've got to adjust lanes? Well, sometimes the truth of the matter is sometimes we hear the promise, but we just want <laughs> it's not coming fast enough. The promise has not been revealed fast enough. And so Sarai, I don't know where the idea came from, but she says, well, the Lord has prevented me from having a child. And so we read here in Exodus, uh, Genesis chapter 16, we read that she says to Abram, listen, I can't bear you children, but I have a maidservant. Why don't you take my maidservant and why don't you allow her to birth 
uh, our child. Now, uh, this was a common practice in that time and, and, and day and age and, and, and kind of like surrogacy um, that we have now in this day and age. Um, this was something that was done, but we recognize that Sarai had experienced the disappointments of life. And she had experienced the fact that she had something that she wanted, but it didn't seem like God was going to fulfill it in the time frame that she had wanted and expected. Now, one of the things that I appreciate about this is that uh, looking at Sarai, she probably acted like some of us would do in situations. When God doesn't come as, as quickly as we want, or it doesn't seem like God is doing something the way that we would like, we, we try and help God, and we try and figure out ways that we can assist God in doing what he wants, uh, wants to happen. But one of the things that I appreciate about God and, and how he loved on Sarai is that even when Sarai was trying to figure things out on her own, God never left her far enough to be out by herself. But he was always calling her in and always speaking to her and helping her to learn through those situations. So what does that mean for me and for you? It means that uh, we may have some times where we've made mistakes, where we've made decisions that when we look back at it now, we look at it and say, ooh, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I turn that way? Why did I choose this direction? Or why did this happen about? And we know that after, right after Hagar births the son, his name is Ishmael. And what happens is that Ishmael, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Sarai begins to become intimidated by Ishmael's mother, Hagar. And so what happens is there becomes a family dispute there. And Sarai sends Ish uh, Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. But one thing that we see is that God uh, changed the heart of Sarah and taught her how to have faith. If you go to Genesis chapter number 18... And verse number six, it says, so Abraham ran back to the tent and to Sarah. She said, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Now, these messengers from the Lord had come back to remind Abram of the promise that the Lord had said. And as they came, they now ask in verse number nine, where is Sarah your wife. Now the Lord has changed her name at this time and now he's asking where is Sarah and uh, she's inside the tent Abraham replied. Then one of them said I will return to you about this time. Say this time. This time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now, as she hears this promise, it says that Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed 
silently to herself. <laughs> you ever heard God say something or you, you, you heard a scripture or, or, or felt God impressing upon your heart about something and you, you didn't even know how to respond to it. The only response you could have was just kind of to laugh to yourself. Now, this was not a, a, a laugh of joy, but this was a laugh of, I just don't see how this is even possible. She thinks, how can I in my old age bear a child? And so she laughs silently, silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I, was, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. Why did the Lord confront Sarah? What the Lord was trying to do was to help Sarah to recognize what was in her heart and deal with what was in her heart so she could move from a place of doubt to a place of faith. The only way that you can move to a place of faith is that you have to recognize what is going on in your heart. We read in, in Romans, it tells us that it says, against all odds, Abraham in faith believed and he counted even though his body was uh, as good as dead he counted it by faith and trusted in God for God to be able to do what he said he will do oftentimes when God confronts with what's in our heart he's not doing it to punish us or to push us in trouble what God is doing when he confronts what is in our heart is he's helping us to engage in the process of transformation. And transformation happens when we can recognize here is where I am, here is what I'm struggling with, but here is where I want to be, to be in a place of faith and trust in you. The good news of the scripture is that God wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. The other good news is the fact that God knows that we will struggle while we're here on this earth. So the Bible says he hasn't left us alone, but he's left with us the comforter, the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and helps us to walk into truth. The scriptures proclaim what I call aspirational truths, meaning that when we come into Christ, there are things that God wants from us. He wants us to live by the fruit of the Spirit. He wants us to be gentle and kind. He wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to be encouraged and encourage one another. He wants us to use our gifts to the glory of God. But all of those things don't happen instantaneously. Those things are a byproduct of growing in the Lord. Have you grown in the Lord in the last year? Has he taught you some new things? Has he shown you some new ways? God wants you to continually grow in the grace and in the knowledge of him. 
When we end this segment, it seems as if the Lord is upset with Sarah. Why did Sarah laugh? She lied about it and said, I didn't laugh. But the Lord says, no, you did laugh. Sometimes confronting the truth of where our heart is at doesn't always feel good. But in that process, it brings such a great freedom that the Lord brings unto us. So how do we know that the Lord was working within Sarai and helping her to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God? Well, if we look to what it said about the later part of her life, you'll see that the honor roll of faith encouraged us that Sarah walked by faith. If you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 11 and verse number 11, you'll see this description of Sarah. It was by faith. Say by faith. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. What it says of Sarah here was that she believed that God would keep her promise, his promise. Now, that seems distinct when we read back in Genesis about some of the struggles that Sarah was going through because it was her who laughed when the, when the angel Lord comes and says, listen, you're going to have a son next year. At this time, you're going to give birth to a son. She laughed and said, my 89-year-old self will not have a son. That is preposterous. But somewhere in between that, we recognize that faith started to kick in and she began to understand, okay, Lord, this is the promise that you've given. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to take you at your word. You know, the good news is, is that even if times where we struggle to believe God or trust in his word, that God keeps on giving us his promises and he keeps on inviting us to come in and to trust him and to trust him at his word. There could be times if God was just a human like us where he'd say, forget it. I've tried too many times. But God in his loving kindness extends his grace towards us. And we see this here as we read in Genesis 21. God said the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. You know, one of the things that happens as time goes on is that it's easy to get bitter or frustrated with God. How many people will be honest enough to say that you've gotten frustrated with God's timing before? 
Anybody would be honest to say that. And, and it's easy to see here that as Sarah was hearing the promise from the Lord and as she was trusting in what God was saying, that after in the beginning she was gung-ho that, God, you're going to do what you said you were going to do. But then as time started to elongate, time started to go on, she started to feel, God, are you really going to do what you said you were going to do? Are your promises really for me? Are you really going to have what you said in your word that would come by? And in the midst of all of this, we read here that in exactly the right timing that the Lord had said, the Lord kept his word. Sarah is our unsung hero this morning because through faith, she recognized, and it is an example for us, that the Lord always keeps his word. I know that amongst friends and family members and even amongst the mothers who are here, there are times where even with our best intentions, we've fallen short. Even when we wanted to do things or wanted to be present, we have not been able to be always there. But the one thing that we know is that the Lord says that when he has spoken, he shall certainly perform it. And the Lord always keeps his promises. The second part we begin to see here as we read, and it says Abraham, as this happened, at just the time God had said it would. Not only was it that the Lord was keeping his promise, but the timing of the Lord was exactly the timing that the Lord had promised. Now, the challenge is, is that in humanity, we look at hours, minutes, days, seconds, and look at and the countdown and think, God, you are taking too long for your promise to be fulfilled. But God says, I know exactly at the right moment, exactly at the right timing, exactly at the right place that these things should happen. Do you know that each of you are here right now in 2018 for such a time as this? I mean, we weren't born in the 15th or the 18th century, but God allowed us to be birthed into this, this time and this season, and it was for a reason, and God has placed us here amongst brethren and in order to do the work that he's called for us to do. What we learn from Sarah is that the Lord not only keeps his promises, but his timing is all always perfect. God's timing is always perfect. So what does that mean? It means that in times where we're struggling with, Lord, did you say, or Lord, when will you, that we need to go back to the Lord and begin to ask him, Lord, help me to increase in my faith and help me to believe just as Sarah believed, even though the promise seemed far-fetched, she trusted in you. Help me to trust and to believe the same way. What we recognize that as the Lord allowed Sarah to give birth to their first son, Isaac, we read here in Genesis 21 and verse number six, and Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. I love this because what we recognize is that because of the timing that it had taken 
Sarah could have allowed bitterness to get into her heart and to seep into her heart and so that she'd be bitter against God, bitter against her friends and family because she'd look around and see all of the people that were having children and she'd see this and wonder, Lord, I thought you said you were going to do. And I can be honest that sometimes bitterness creeps in, not just be, not because I've tried to or allowed it, but because just at the nature and the course of waiting on God sometimes, it feels frustrating. It doesn't feel good all the time. But what we recognize is that Sarah didn't allow the bitterness to settle in her heart. She could have looked at it and said, God, you took all of this time in order to bring this promise. I don't even want the promise anymore. But what she said is that as she birthed Isaac, her first son, the joy that came, she said that God has brought me laughter or joy. She allowed it to be birthed within her. And just like the same way with Sarah, God births into our lives seasons and new things and new opportunities that will bring us joy and laughter. I'm looking forward to our strategic partnership with High Rock Church because I believe that it'll be a season of joy as we worship together, as we praise God together, as we learn uh, one another, as we build relationships. I'm looking forward to God bringing joy into our hearts. And the thing of it is, is that we've got to make room for God to birth joy in our hearts. When we meditate on the bitterness and the things of the past, and we allow those things to take control of our mind and our thoughts, what ends up happening is we end up focusing on those things rather than being able to thank God for the new things that God is doing. The promise is that God will always keep his word and that he'll do it right on time. The Lord did it. He kept his word. He did it right on time. And he allowed laughter and joy to be birthed within Sarah. As we close, the last part that we see from the life of Sarah is that Hagar had given birth to Ishmael. And this was the way that Sarai in her naivete had thought, maybe if I just do it this way, God will bring the promise quicker. But Isaac was the birth, the birthplace of the promise through the spirit. Ishmael represented that which was birthed through the flesh. Isaac represented that which was birthed through the spirit. This would later be a typology between the old covenant and the new covenant. Meaning that in the old covenant, we were under the law. We were those who were tripped up by the regulations of the law. But under the new covenant, by the spirit, it's a covenant of grace. And by the grace that has been given unto us, we all now can live in freedom in Christ Jesus, knowing that Christ has paid the price once and for all. Sarah is our unsung hero this morning because she was willing to grow and be transformed by God. 
The good news is God's not looking for us to be perfect. He's not looking us for us to have all of the answers. But he's looking for us to trust in him. I can't promise what tomorrow will bring. But as the psalm, the hymn said this morning, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear has gone away. So what is our reminder this morning? Just like Sarah, there may be some things in front of you that you may not understand. There may be some things in front of you that you wonder, God, is it really going to come to pass? But the word of the Lord this morning is, the Lord keeps his promises and the Lord is right on time. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, O oh God, Lord, that through the life of Sarah, you birthed Isaac and he became the symbol of the promise. And just like the sand is on the seashore, Lord, we thank you as you fulfilled your promise to Abram and Sarah that you would have their descendants multiplied more than they could ever count. Father, as I look to these, your people, I see there are promises greater than we could even ever think or imagine. Promises that you have set forth from the beginning of time. Lord, I ask that we would, like Sarah, come to a place where we recognize, Lord, that you always keep your promises and that you're never slow. You're just right on time. Father, we thank you that as your word has gone forth over these last weeks and as we have studied these unsung heroes, we pray that, Lord, we would learn from their example. Lord, that we would be encouraged that we don't have to always be in the front to be a hero in the kingdom of God. But, Lord, if we're faithful to what you've called for us to do, Lord, you recognize that that is great in the kingdom. So, Father, help us to be faithful. Come on, would you ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me to be faithful. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be faithful. That with whatever you have blessed us with, whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever skills, whatever abilities, Lord, that we would take those gifts and we would use them for the kingdom of God. And Father, that as we trust in you and in your word, Lord, that you would be glorified in all that is said and done. We love you, we thank you, and we bless you. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time this morning for the word of the Lord. Amen.